Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 954 with Kyle and Sarah. I think what then happened was this, and I think is, is a great thing, is restaurants and landlords realize they need each other. This isn't just, you know, it was kind of adversarial at some points. Not necessarily that it was always the case, but it is now crystal clear or should be crystal clear to restaurants that even over location, even over your lease is the relationship with your landlord. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. Today's episode is brought to you by Pop Menu, and restaurants have been hit hard over the past last years, which means restaurant owners and their staff have been working harder than ever, trying to meet the expectations of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity because it uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines, like... Can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. For a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off their first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest host of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast, the Commercial Real Estate School Podcast, and co-host of the soon-to-launch Restaurant Idea Factory Podcast, Kyle and Sarah. My man, Kyle, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am feeling unstoppable today. Dude, I love talking to you, man. <laughs> uh, this is So Kyle's more than just a guest. He's a friend. He's a, a repeat guest. He was episode 769. So if you want to hear Kyle's come up, uh, the lessons he's learned along the ways, the mistakes he's made in his, his career as a restaurant professional, yeah. then head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 769. Uh, we had a great conversation in two, like December of 2020. I think it was yeah, December of 2020. I'm going to take your word for it for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's when it was. Uh, and you know, a lot has happened in the past two years in the restaurant industry. There's almost been this like awakening of, you know, the, there like I, I would say right around that time, people kind of just, did shit the same way over and mm. over and over again. But because we were forced to get out of our comfort zone, because people are looking to other business models for inspiration, like the industry is just evolving so fast, yeah. um, especially the real estate game. So I know we're going to be talking a lot about real estate. Hell I yeah. want to talk about what's happened in your life since 2020. And I also want to talk about um, 
social media because you're kind of a baller when it comes to TikTok. You're killing it on TikTok. I wish I had your skill set when it comes to social media. I'm, I'm jealous what you can do, but I'm super excited, man. I really yeah. am. Um, you might have forgotten, but we start every episode with oh, a boy. success quote or mantra. The last time you were on the show, do you remember what you said? Uh, move fast and break shit. I think yes, I dude. Yeah. How'd you remember? Well done. <laughs> is that still the mantra? No, you know what? Um, yeah, it, it always is. I think one of my things is I, I don't waste too much to, for better or for worse. Um, I don't waste too much time. I, I want to move fast and I want to move and make mistakes and learn along the way is really what I don't, wouldn't say it's necessarily a mantra, but it's just like a way of thinking. I don't spend too much time, as you can tell by, you know, multiple podcasts, trying to get things moving. Um, you I think that's the best mind. way I learn. Yeah, you, I, you blow my mind. You're constantly like, I have enough to do with my podcast. I don't know how you're hosting three podcasts. You're also <laughs> a full-time realtor, yeah. you know, like your dad yeah. and a husband. <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I'm such a slacker sometimes when I look uh, at people like you and Sean and uh, Jensen. You guys are all hustling so much. Your yeah. co-hosts, right? With the yeah. Well, I mean, that one that one is a little bit, we're still in the infancy stage, but that's sometimes most of the work. You know, now the, the, these other two, I just kind of, you know, in real estate, it's in really any business, it's all about conversations. So I just look at it as I'm having conversations with people. You know, I'm not, I'm um, just happy to be recording it. Yeah. So, um yeah, it is a lot of work, but it's I love it. You know, I, I was talking about this the other day with um, you know Steve Ragiani from Ate It. Yeah, and he was on, I think he was was he on the show or I don't he know. He was. Yeah. yeah. So I was um, we're talking about like sometimes you just have to scratch that creative itch, and for me it just happens more than it does for the traditional commercial real estate broker. Yeah, you know, they, they hear creativity. They don't want creativity. They want structure. They want to know exactly what they're doing. They want to know you know why would you have somebody recording you? Why? What is the purpose of that? But for me, it's all part of the you know I love hanging out with creative people. I love being creative, and um so yeah, it's it's part of what I actually want to do. Not, yeah, uh, not have to do. Like, you mentioned Steve from Raid Ate It too. I want to make sure we give him some love because if. I know a lot of people listening to this must travel to a lot of people travel to New York for business, especially yeah. in the restaurant industry. If you're going to conferences or whatever, eat it is a lifesaver. If you're not from New York city, you guys are from the area, you know, the city I come to New York city, I land in a spot and I'm like, I'm hungry and there's no shortage of options, but it's almost overwhelming how many yes. options there are. And if you don't know where to go, the cool thing about this app, the, the way that he, if you have not heard of Ada, I think it's only in New York City right yeah, now. Yeah, only in New York City um, right now. That's why I'm saying if you come to New York City, uh, you know, a couple of days ahead, download the app, re, reach out to me because you need a special code to use the yeah. app right now. Uh, but it's this tool that basically tells you the best options by category. So say you want a pizza, say you want a burger, say you want tacos, you you put that option in and then it tells you the closest place. And there's yeah. another option that if you're just hungry and you want something now, yeah. it just tells it, it tells you all like all the categories what's closest to you. And it's yeah. just a great it's it's no one else is doing this no. as far as how to find food and it's such a great approach. I and think he, he's he first of all, I love Steve and, and great guy, and great he, heart. He is uh one of the most authentic and genuine guys on the planet myself. Uh, him and G are actually working on something uh, in the coming year, which will be really cool. Add, the, add that to, to the list. But um, yeah, I mean, he just found this way of just, he got inside people's, he has this great way of doing that. He's a very creative guy of like, you know, people don't just say like, Oh, one of the most annoying questions you'll get in New York is like, hey, I'm coming to New York City. Where should I eat? It's like, <laughs> dude, okay, yeah, where are you staying? What are you <laughs> really interested in? So he's kind of taken that out, 
you know, he's helped me with that, anybody with that, to say, hey, just download it and take a look. But, yeah, I mean, you can see what Anthony Bourdain's favorite spot is in this neighborhood. You know, yeah. you can see what the New York Times really likes, what Eater likes, what Grubhub likes, those kind of things. And um, and it's by, it geolocates you. Yeah. You know, that's what's really cool. So if you are in New York and, you you know, maybe you're only here for a night, you're like, all right, what's cool in this neighborhood without having to tackle, you know, every borough and seeing what's, you can take advantage of it. So, yeah, it, it is really great. I know he's got big plans for it, so... Um, and Shout I don't out. think maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it's a pay to play type of platform. That's one of the oh. things that's cool is they're they're basically saying this is a platform. We're going to people who know New York food, who yeah. know food. So there are people like you pointed out, like the Anthony Bourdain's of the world, the uh, the eaters, the thrillists of the world. They basically go to all these outlets and say, like, what are your, your top picks? Yep. And then when you're looking at these options, you're also seeing next to it who referred that option. So it's just a really great filter, organic, awesome stuff. There's your love, Steve. Yeah, that's uh, it. I just want to hover over that like we really don't really we don't have a super agenda today um i just knew on in all honesty i was i was in town uh noah noah glass from olo was supposed to be recording with me this morning right and he um he had to cancel so i was like well i don't want to just like waste the morning i was like who can i talk to and literally you're the first person <laughs> oh, i reached great. out to. i love that um and I'm, uh, thank you for coming and making this happen no, thanks minute. for having me dude. yeah That's man great. so what t- let's go back to 2020 hmm. what's what's going on first what's been going on in your life how have you been evolving as a professional so um you know back then it was kind of it was tricky you know my i'm very niche you know right we we may have touched on it last time but you know unlike residential real estate commercial real estate you get involved in a specific asset class they call it um the asset class i happen to be in which is very niche is retail niche down even further it's restaurants so when you know, everything was shut down then. Restaurants, you know, my part of my job every day is trying to find new exciting concepts, see what their plans are. Nobody wants to talk to you about what their plans are for expanding for two years, essentially, when they're just trying to keep their doors open at their one location or their, you know, their handful of locations that they have. So My growth plan is don't close. Yeah, my, my growth <laughs> plan is to stay this height right now yeah. uh, until the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, um, but it was a great time to connect with people. You know, people had the opportunity to, uh, talk, right? And had more time than usual. And as you know, trying to pin down restaurant owners can be tricky. And um, so that's actually when the podcast really kind of started to get a little bit of traction. And um, yeah, it was just really like staying, you know, I love the industry and not having, you know, such a connection to it at that time, even though I had the taqueria rocking at that time, but I wasn't there every single day. Um, it was a great way to stay connected to the community. And it was such a pivotal historical time um, for that for for that industry and for the world. I think it was um, it was it was it was tough, but we we were able to form relationships that I think will ultimately once you know I still kind of feel like we're just popping out of this and everyone's getting their heads out of the ground. Um, that will ultimately lead to you know real estate relationships and just continuing to to, to grow in the community. So speaking of real estate, um, what has been the trend over the past? Two, I should say almost three years now since the pandemic, where it's crazy to think it's almost three years since the beginning of the pandemic. It's nuts, man. It's wild, dude. So uh, and I remember the people, when, like maybe three or four months into the pandemic, I talked to a few people. Dean Small specifically comes to mind. He's out of Synergy Consulting mm-hmm. in uh, San Diego or in the Southern California. He's like, I think this is going to be a year or two year issue. Mm. And I was like, no. He's yeah. like, yeah, I think this is going to be a year. And, and sure enough, man, it was about a year and a half issue. Yeah. But, but what have been the big trends in real estate? If you could like narrow it down to a couple things you know it was first it was opportunistic right well first it was like oh shit like everything's on hold shut everything down we're not expanding we're not doing anything how can we work this out with our landlord so there was that phase the you know triage phase and then it was like wow maybe there's going to be some opportunities 
and there were some deals to be had. There was that window where landlords were attempting to, you know, bring new business in um, without having to, you know, keep their their business alive, right? Which is it's a business. That's a whole other conversation. And um, the restaurants who saw this as an opportunity, they took advantage of that very tight window. It's kind of like sneaking into an elevator when the door is closing. That's what it was like. And um, so there was that phase, and there were some great deals that that happened, but. Uh, by no means were they the norm, right? So I think what then happened was this, and I think is, is a great thing, is restaurants and landlords realize they need each other. This isn't just, you know, it was kind of adversarial at some points, not necessarily that was always the case, but it is now crystal clear or should be crystal clear to restaurants that even over location, even over your lease is the relationship with your landlord. Why is that the case? Aside from when, if the shit hits the fan again, are we going to be able to communicate and understand like, hey, if I don't have people coming through the doors, yeah. it's a problem not only for me, but for you yeah. because we're in this together. So, yeah. um, you know, and of course the landlords are going to have a little bit of a, a more stern look, have their magnifying out, looking at the business and how they're going to, you know, do I really want this person in, in case, it, you know, the shit does hit the fan again? Am I going to want to, you know, do, do I think that they have the ability to push through it? Or the financial wherewithal to at least pay me something, you know. So there's other factors to consider, but you know, ultimately, I think you want to be able to communicate. Yeah, just That's, like any business relationship, you don't have to be best friends, but can we communicate here and understand what this is all about? I think traditionally the restaurant landlord relationship was more tra transactional, but I think another variable, not just the pandemic, but over time as retail goes away all this retail space is it's getting harder and harder mm. to get things that work in retail space. And one of the few things that work, which is why you see these developers becoming restaurant tours is because the only thing that works in that, that, that retail space is restaurants. And there's very few things that work in retail aside from restaurants. So like, yeah, like 100%, like retail is becoming more of an experiential space, not a place to go get things. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going through your mind? You know, that's a very, uh, it, it's a, very prevalent, prominent conversation happening in the retail space, dry use retail, what's going to happen to them and creating an experience around it. So right. Dry use re retail. You're talking just like a box. Yeah. Like uh, you know, a cell phone store or a clothing store where you go in there, there's no, no, no food necessarily. But by me in, in Norwalk in Connecticut, there's um, the Sono. It's, it's a big, it was like the only mall being built. It was <laughs> slated open right around COVID time. And um, there's a bar and a restaurant on the third floor. You know, they, they realize that there's a need for people to, you know, pick people's time is, is valuable, right? So, hey, I'm going to go out, have a drink, I'm going to do some shopping, I'm going to do everything. If you can do it in one place and have it be an enjoyable experience, even even better, right? Um, I think those are opportunities for restaurants, you know, looking outside the box for things like in a department store, uh, in some sort of development that maybe you wouldn't have considered otherwise. Maybe you can do a trimmed down version of your concept in a smaller footprint. You know, I think there's a lot of different opportunities there. Uh, airports, uh, hotels. So I'm gonna back up, make sure I'm picking up the big trends. The, the original question, are what are the big trends that are yeah. happening right now? First was the relationship between landlord and restaurant tour is becoming much stronger. It's much more we need each other relationship. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the other thing is the footprint is getting smaller. People are realizing um, that I don't need the same physical space as I once did. What do you think is driving that? Well, there's the, there's the takeout component, depending on the concept, right? Like that's um, 
uh, if you look at your numbers, I've seen some places have seen increases, you know, 20, 50% in their takeout. And that's saying like, I don't need to be on the corner of Maine and Maine. I can use a smaller space and not such a expensive neighborhood and do just fine. You know, as anyone in the restaurant business knows, more sales, you know, more square, you know, if you need to do more sales out of a bigger space, it's going to cost you more money, right? So you got to make sure you're weighing all those factors. You know, can I afford to pay this rent? Am I still going to need all this space based on how my sales are going out the door? Um, so a lot of different things to consider. And then, you know, if you are a restaurant that is healthy and you're in your full service dining, maybe you have an opportunity to do some smaller footprint stuff with different variations of your brands, ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens, uh, virtual uh, concepts, you know, these automation machines like Brooklyn Dumpling Shop, and I know they're doing like a pizza vending machine type deal. You know, I think there are, you have to look at other income streams, you yeah. know, and I think that's another another thing. That's know? a huge vertical, by the way. If you're a restaurateur and you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how can I diversify my channels of revenue, my income, how can I use my space for different things? Vending machines are becoming like next level. Yeah. And if you want to get into the passive income business-ish, I should say, because it's not completely passive because you still got to feed the vending machines, but you're paying people to prep and half the, the, the deal with these vending machines today are just doing the prep work and then having a, somebody who does logistics with the delivering that prep yeah. food to the machines. But you as the restaurant tour can own all the machines and then contract. You already have people that you're paying to do prep. Just add this to their prep list. And it's, it's usually not super heavy lifting prep. It's usually just cutting vegetables, right? right. You know, uh, and then you could even contract out a courier, like somebody or just bring on an extra employee to to move it from the restaurant to your vending machines and there's tons of opportunity there because people haven't caught on to this yet like yeah. most it's only in big cities so if you're in those medium to small size cities like your manchester new hampshire's your portsmouth new hampshire's your i don't know i don't know know the, the other small <laughs> markets, but i'm in new yeah, hampshire yeah. but like those those like i don't know wherever there's a class d airport and that's probably something that doesn't translate well for our listeners either. Non-international, no, not yeah, right. non-major cities, but but still decent-sized cities. Because here's the other variable: people from the big cities are moving to those medium-sized cities, but they still expect and they're conditioned to have that level of option. So, yeah. like, I think that there's legs for that shit. What's going through your mind? You know, it's um, it's you know, restaurants were so used to right. I think they learned quickly, like. Man, I'm, you know, the, you envision the old school restaurant owner. He was also the maitre d', right? Mm -hmm. So he would love the, that connection with guests coming in. Oh, hey, here's Eric and his girlfriend. Here's G and his wife. They're gonna. I love. I know they love that table. That whole level of hospitality is fantastic. But now it can happen in so many different ways. Digitally, you know, they can see your brand at an airport vending machine. Like, oh my God, you can get the, you can get the, you know, whatever the Cobb salad from this place at, at the airport. That's phenomenal. Like, that's great. I love that you can get it. Is it going to be exactly the same? No. That's why there's still going to be that opportunity to capture that in-house business because you're still staying top of mind. Like, if I go to the airport and I really love the Cobb salad from, from this guy's restaurant and I can get some version of it, I'll, you're staying top of mind, right? So, it's just like that omnipresence kind of thing that most people think about for other brands. Yeah. You know, you see Gap and Republican, you know, on the train, on the billboard, online. Same thing, right? Yeah. Like you, your product, get it, get it in people's mouths any which way you can. Yeah. And um, so, so we're talking about to evolve these trends more. Uh, we talked about the footprint. We're also talking about more channels of revenue, basically. Yeah. And the, those different channels are digital, vending. Um, also, I think it's worth bringing to the conversation this idea of a wholesale digital um, space improving too. And when you say digital, I'm assuming you're talking about ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens, uh, 
Is that what you? I just want to well, make I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, in terms of digital, I'm saying like you can still have a digital conversation with your guests. So not not necessarily ghost kitchens and things of that nature, but more just like the conversation, staying top of mind. Uh, but ghost kitchens and virtual concepts for sure, yeah. right? Like you're seeing the big guys do that all over the place. Yeah. When I think digital, um, I'm thinking ghost kitchens and that stuff, but I'm also thinking marketplace. Mm -hmm. So you're you're not limited to your storefront anymore. No. Um, and I know a lot of people hate the third party platforms, but at the same time, there is something to be said. There is some validation with it. They are marketplaces. There are places that go get discovered. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I think the one, but back to this idea of digital wholesale, uh, I just got um, done with an interview yesterday with the, the guys over at Utopia Bagels. And okay. Are you familiar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful bagels over there. Holy shit, man. <laughs> I've been eating bagels for the past like I was going to bring bagels. I didn't. That was a good call. <laughs> they gave me like three bagels because they wanted the footage, right? So yeah. I'm like, me being an Italian boy, I can't throw food away. So I'm like, I'll be eating bagels for the next two Hell days. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, ironically, the next interview I have is the bagel spreadery. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm probably going to gain 10 pounds on this road trip. But That's it's worth the way it. it's supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah. New York, all bagels all the time right but um they they do um they were using they just signed up with gold belly which is another marketplace not every concept is going to get onto gold belly mm -hmm. but it's still a good example and what was the other one? Oh man i might have to go back to my notes to pull that up real quick um but i think this one's more universal and easier to get onto but this idea that like you're not limited by your brick and mortar anymore mm -hmm. you got to think you got to get outside of that like you're limited when you have a brick and mortar you're limited to how many asses can fit inside your your like on the seats in your yep. restaurant when you go to digital you're you're not limited at all you're limited by literally how much food can i cook right now you're limited by your throughput yep right what's going through your mind you know there's it's you have a box that you're leasing most likely, right? How can you maximize that revenue out of there? It doesn't take line cooks and chefs that much longer to create, you know, if you're prepping salads, right? If to, to prep a couple of salads to put in the walk-in to be picked up by the guy to take to the salad vending machine, it doesn't take that much more time. So you need to maximize productivity. And in that in that thought, you're also providing more labor hours, right? So you're looking, you're looking to sustain a business, right? When you look at a restaurant, I always think like, well, I'm not, I don't just employ these guys. Well, they have, you know, a husband, a wife, they have kids, they have, you know, dance classes, they have school tuitions to pay for. How can we keep everybody, you know, afloat here and happy? And if you're not looking at opportunities like that, and you're strictly relying on things coming through the door, a, you're missing on huge opportunities, right? Like, there's a lot of different opportunities you've alluded to, and. Also, you're not really doing the right thing as a business owner. You're not, you're not providing enough. You're maybe not providing enough hours. You could be bottling your sauces. I'm at farmer's market. Start small. Whatever it is, they're, they're, you literally, I don't think, can do something that somebody's going to be like, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, they're literally opening up restaurants in the metaverse, and you know, like, like let's let's. I be still real think here. that's kind of crazy. I'm not gonna lie. That is a little crazy, <laughs> but you know, like it's still, but still, like it's good branding. It's yeah. good brand. It's it's good. It's still good brand awareness. And for anything else, for marketing purposes, if you're one of the whatever 1,000 restaurants that are experimenting with this, or maybe it's 2,000 restaurants or more, I don't know. But still, there's millions of restaurants in the world, mm. and if you're if you're first to market with the digital uh, like metaverse stuff, like. That's that's just being in, in every place. So right. you might not be able to get the the same experience in a real person experience with like people next to you, but your brand is still there. You're still yeah. reminding people that you exist, right? Yeah, I mean, move fast and fail. If it doesn't work, you know, McDonald's, Chipotle, you know, you got to look at what the big guys are doing. You probably can't execute on that level due to you know budgetary <laughs> financial concerns. But you know, 
what does it cost them, right? They cost them maybe a couple hundred grand to, to pop up in the metaverse. If it works for them, great. You said a couple hundred grand? Well, whatever they're spending, I'm sure. Is that yeah, really what people are spending uh, right now? Oh, uh, buddy, yeah. Well, for yeah, because sure. you got to do all the programming to actually build out your digital restaurant, right? There's that. There's, you know, the, the well, actual, I don't know that the, much about this. I'm not going to lie. The value of digital space. I mean, if you think about your phone, right? Like th these apps are taking up real estate on your screen. You can only have so many before your phone will start working or whatever. So there's a value to digital space, right? Like yeah. what you, how much you can consume. So that's that's important. But I mean, even other than the digital stuff, which <laughs> I feel like we could really go down that we rabbit will. hole. Um, Kitsch. I don't know if you're familiar with them. No. Dan Under is a, is, a, is a buddy of mine. I had him on the show. They allow, they provide commercial restaurant space like an Airbnb for people who make a hot sauce or a salad dressing or have a ghost kitchen concept. You sign up on their site, you look wherever you are, you put in your zip code and you can look in the neighborhood kitchens that are available at what time and when. So let's say you're only open for dinner and you have this, you have uh, your restaurant and you have this, look, I have this space available from basically midnight till 10 a.m. If you want to come in here and do it, I can lease this space to you and you can make a couple extra bucks. So there are opportunities. There's all different kinds of, of, of ways to make some additional revenue and I think keep keep your doors open and, and make money, really, really yeah. make money. Yeah. Um, not just like another thing, too, is as the restaurant industry evolves, as there's more opportunity, as we're diversifying, there's room for you don't necessarily have to be the person in the restaurant, doing the restaurant work anymore. And um, here's an example. So I had on the show when I first got into town, uh, Chef David uh, Kirshner, Kishner. Sorry, mm -hmm. David, I'm getting your name wrong. Um, and he came up the tra traditional way, worked for people like Michael Mina, Daniel Balud, and uh, like all these big names. Uh, and he was sought after chef. And he went from that to the private chef world to like the, then he was working for Tasting Table for a while. He was the executive chef for Tasting Table. Oh, nice. And when he was doing that, he developed this network of influencers and, um, and just like kind of bumping up against people with a lot of money, people who could be like, you know, who could have a, a private chef. And he was also working, contracting out, being like, getting all these chefs to like come help with these events. And um, eventually like he got away from that and he started realizing, look, I don't have to be the person that is in there doing the work. I can be the person that connects all the elements because, because he was bumping up against all these influencers, because all these millionaires were coming to his events. He had this massive network of people who needed his services. He couldn't say yes to everybody. And he worked in all these amazing restaurants with all these badass people too. He had this massive network of chefs. He went on and he created Dine DK where he basically helps connect uh, talent chefs with uh, different whether you want a private chef or a oh. chef for a private event. And he's literally just the one connecting the dots and they're using digital assets to make it all happen, to, yeah. to bring people these digital tools. Like think outside the box. Like don't, we, I think we're just so linear. For the, yeah. We've been so linear. The, the restaurant industry has been such linear thinkers for the longest time. And there's so much opportunity right now if you're yeah. willing just to step outside of it and think like, how can I make things easier? You you know, know? That's, yeah, that's, I think that's really where we have to start because restaurants were not traditionally open-minded to technology. I mean, I can remember just before the pandemic, you know, people, salespeople calling by, getting emails, wanting to meet with you to talk about a lot of these things that are front and center, like QR codes, I think about, um, you know, streamlining your ordering, you know, things of that nature, POS companies that were, you know, the KDS system speaks to the iPad and all that stuff. And we were just like, oh, we don't, I don't have time for that. I need to just do that. Then how quickly do things change? And if you just have an open mind, like don't think that everything has to be 
So, you know, the way, if, you th- if you're thinking this is the way I've always done it, you're already, it's, it's, that's not good. You yeah. got to think about, you know, what, what, what's ahead. You can't be so reactionary. So what's coming down three, five years? I mean, I look at my daughter. You think she's going to be calling a restaurant to make a reservation? Or you think she's going to be calling? No, how easy is If she can't find your your app, if, she can, if your online menu is not clickable and order, she's not going to order from you. Yeah. And that's not going to change. That's what she's used to now. And that's what she's going to be used to forever. So might as well just get ahead of it now. Make the investment. Watch a YouTube video and figure out how to get on TikTok or whatever it is. That is, to me, the number one thing to think is just change your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on this world of digital um, or, or even physical real estate, any other thoughts, any other trends? I don't want to cut you short there. You know, on the it's it take. I always think about this because like when we when it first came up, we had somebody and this was kind of like during COVID, but getting out of it and we're all starting to understand. And um, we you know, there was like Zoom calls every 15 minutes because people had no other way to connect. And it was an opportunity to have these like conferences. So there was one about. Uh, when the Chipotle, I think it was called the Burrito, came out. It was like uh, kind of, I forget, it had to be 2021, I guess. And we, we did a demo. And then on the, on the Zoom screen was like a whole bunch of brokers, right? So also not known for adopting technology real quickly. And they did a demo of like this dude, digital like little coach, cartoon guy walking to Chipotle. And the one guy was like, so what do I, but so I have this digital burrito for lunch and I'm supposed to be full? <laughs> like we're like, no, man, it, now it's going to come to your house. And he was like, oh. So I think things like that, people just need to like, it took me a while. Like, yeah. I, I, well, I, For people listening to this who might not fully understand, yeah. take us through the actual what's happening when you, like what is the metaverse? How does that work and how does that? Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I haven't talked to G. Well, I remember we so were driving. keep on mentioning the word G. If you guys, he's off camera and off mic. He's holding a camera right now. He keeps on pointing at us. Uh, he's, he, I've used him in the past for my videography uh, when I come to New York City because he's based in New York. Uh, Kyle uses him. He's a great dude. If you guys are looking for a videographer and you're in New York City and you want somebody to follow you around and do a great job, hit him up. Yeah, he's G, what's your handle? J-I-H-V-D, that's me. I don't think that's the full handle, though. Just yeah, yeah. Leave out the that's me, right? Yeah. yeah. Make him hard to find. Yeah, yeah. He's already <laughs> tough enough to pin down. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty popular, so he might not be available for you, but he's doing a great job over here. So what, what about G? No, I, I remember being in a car with him and be like, Dude, you gotta just you got to break this down. I mean, what, are, what are these? It was like NFTs, Metaverse, and he was like, all right, first thing, you got to stop thinking like it's like anything you already know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh okay <laughs> right. how do i do that <laughs> like this, this could be one of those things like this car's not real this guy's not real um well, but no, hey, like, now we, that's a whole nother conversation uh, yeah, are I we know. living we don't have enough psychedelics for that one right now i, I could get some. I, yeah, I figured this is new york there's probably there's probably an app for that too but no we were talking about it and um yeah it's just another version of the internet right yeah. so like for actually i was uh the brokerage i was with we had a metaverse office and here's so Let's just say now, if I wanted to reach out to, this brokerage was international. So if I wanted to talk to somebody in Dubai, I would go, oh, okay, where's our Dubai office? I go to the website, I click international, boom, Dubai office. I find the guy's name, I click it, I get his email address, and I type in, I say, hey, I have a group looking to expand to Dubai. We'd love to talk to you about referring them out to your best broker in the market. Got it. Everyone understands that, I think, right? So the email. Then now there's this immersive experience where I'm sitting in my office digitally, digital me, and instead of going to the website and finding the guy in Dubai, I walk out of my office with my mouse, I go up 
to the quote unquote elevator and I go into his office. And when we go to the office, boom, both of our cameras pop up. So now I'm talking to the guy about this. This is that this is a true story. And I referred to him a group. You know, I went there. I talked to the receptionist. She's like, oh, he's not in there. And he's not. You look in his little office. The digital little guy is not in there. <laughs> so then I would go in there and I would talk to him in real time. And that's how it would work. If that makes any sense to anybody, it's just like a video game. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's yeah. a video. It's a video game. The internet got together and they had a baby, and <laughs> this is this is the what came out. Yes, you know. And then basically, that's what's going on. Is like you're living like I think right now, and like you're you're navigating through a screen. But as things progress, like you're going to put the virtual headset on, and you're not going to be talking to a computer screen or a camera of that person. But you're going to have an avatar. You're wow. going to be a person, like a like a character, a video game character. And you can be whatever you want to be. You could be a dragon sitting in an office. <laughs> yes. You can, you can change your outfit. Every, like just as, yeah. as a real example, you change your outfit every day. You yeah. could have a unicorn head. You could do whatever you want. But real world applications for restaurants and for event spaces in particular. So when I was working in the Virgin Islands, we did a lot of, you know, people love destination weddings, beautiful spot. But if you live in Nebraska, it's expensive to fly to the Virgin Islands a couple of times to try to plan your wedding. Like what does the space look like? Where's the wedding held? Uh, what, where, what do the accommodations look like for the bridal suite? Flat pictures are version on Jews, I mean version 2.0 of the internet, right? Like or version one of, of the internet. It's cool. Then you had sort of like that 3D look. But what you were saying before, I could send you a file. I'm gonna send you a file, Miss Bride in Nebraska. Pop that into your Oculus. And now you can walk the space. Mm -hmm. You can actually see the space. You can hear the sounds of the ocean. You can get a sense of what it's like to look up and down around you all, what it's like to be on the balcony of the bridal yeah. suite. Say maybe you're going to a hotel, mm -hmm. right? And um, you're trying to figure out what hotel you want to stay at. You can go do a virtual tour of the hotel. Mm -hmm. where, but you're literally like in the hotel. You're like Maybe you'll, you'll be on a, one of those crazy treadmills that they have today where like no matter what direction you walk in, like you can actually walk and move throughout yes. that space. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're going. Uh, it's crazy times, man. Um, I mean, do we want to unpackage any more of these trends before we take our first break? You know, I think the, the one thing now in terms of trends is to like, let's just say from a real estate perspective is when you're prioritizing those relationships, just think about, you know, aside from all the stuff we've already spoken about is people's lifestyles have an impact on where your location may be. People want things that are so convenient. You may have to pay a little bit more rent. I mean, to me, it still always comes down to two things. You're going to be, you do want the space that has high visibility, great traffic, strong demographics, strong psychographics and pay more rent. Or do you want the other one? You know, and this other one was always like, well, I don't want the other one. The other one's kind of a little bit more attractive now. People want it. Let's turn over those stones to see what's up over there because I guarantee you can get a killer burger. You can get, you know, a lot of different things, plant-based food. You can get, especially in New York, any ethnic type of food from a spot that's not on Maine and Maine that may not be top of mind. And they're not paying $150 a square foot for the space. So um, I just would, would keep your eyes open for a lot of different opportunities and make sure you under you really, really understand your concept and where your money's coming in and where you're making that money from. Yeah. Um, one last example, like literally in my backyard, um, I live... My house is like right by the train station. There's a big parking lot. I walk on my back porch and there's um, like five steps to the parking lot of the train station and 60 steps to the actual 
platform. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, but right in that area, there's a, a commissary kitchen that mm. was just a, a building with like a kitchen in it for the longest time. And finally, these trends made it their way to Exeter, New Hampshire. And now there's um, a... Uh, it's called the takeout station and it's it, they just they just basically put a, they they made the window a place to pick up your food and now you people use you place your order online you call it in or whatever and you all it is is a window right and like that's all you need today is a window you don't even need that really yeah. like no. because you you could just choose to be completely digital but it's they, they do takeout only and i mean there's you don't have to go 10 whatever like a million dollars into debt to open a restaurant anymore no you can do it on a, such a budget and on like you can contract other other people's assets like like go into a space that's empty see what's there and be like what can i make with this yeah and then just literally invest no dollars aside from the rent and maybe some digital branding and that's it you're yeah. open and, and you know what it is it's it's actually people think you know oh but what about the hospitality what about the hospitality part it's i can make the argument that it's more hospitable to make yourself smaller and easily accessible to certain people. Some people want to be doted over. So now's a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time, these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back. Uh, we're just talking about Aided again during the break and how um, he's like, we should order a Calzone through the Aided app. And uh, so when is that would be cool? Like when is when is Aided going to be like when are they going to integrate with a like DoorDash or an Uber Eats or a Grubhub or a Chow Now? And like you can literally go to that website through the link. And then order your food. Yeah, I, all I know is Steve has Dude. his brain is always oh working, God. and he has he has you know he wants to do everything he can to make this. He is constantly thinking outside the box, and he will not. He's not prioritizing monetizing the platform 
at all. You could just anything. sell the intellectual property to one of these pre-existing platforms because nobody else is doing it like that, that way of finding food. Yeah. Because right. yeah, they're all prior. They're all, all the other concepts are prioritizing the, the monetization part of it. Right? And what he right, and what he's you know his intent was to help restaurants. So he, restaurants don't pay to be on this platform, right? Yeah. And he's not trying to be TripAdvisor. He's just trying to be cool. You know, people want to eat cool things in cool cities. So he's one guy. He has a little bit of help now, and he's um, you know ultimately going to I think take over the world with it. I think that's that's the plan, and it's um, He's a great example of somebody who's thinking like that. But that's what I was saying. We could, because I was talking to, uh, I know you, you and I have talked about the Calzone thing before. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I don't know if any of these Calzone places would be open, but we could try to order from one from here. But I also love the idea of trying to order Mr. Beast Burger, which I've never done. I just uh, told you I've been eating nothing but bagels for the past two days. Uh, you're trying what to do put you want to you know, get some, you want to order from Sweet Green? <laughs> I mean, come on. Try I mean, better. But you know, I was, I was thinking too of, um, you know, we were at, with Steve, actually, we were at this tiny little hole in the wall place, uh, Fat Choy downtown. Tiny. I mean, like, this is how big it was. <laughs> and um, the food was amazing. We ordered at the counter. They brought it out. They walked the three steps from the counter to the thing to bring us our, our beers and our food. That's amazing, hospitality. And I think from the standpoint of restaurants, it's like, okay, can you do this again? This Can you, can you do this again out of 700 square feet? If you can do it again and make money, you're going to be you you will spend the bulk of your day turning down investors. I think that's another thing to be aware of. People don't need to yeah, of course there are still the 5,000 square foot like Sam Fox style concepts that, you know, crush it and make, you know, 50 million dollars a year, 25 million dollars a year, whatever it is. But there's a lot more interest in the lower startup, high quality, high volume, make money, let's roll these things out you know, replicate them all yeah. over the place. So, yeah. Um, so b- before you kind of, I have thoughts in my head about before they come out, uh, G during the break mentioned, we should have talked about the Mr. The Mr. Beast burger. Mm. Um, so what, so what, what is that? What's he doing? What's going on there? So Mr. Beast is the YouTube personality. He's got, I don't know, millions, yeah, millions of follow YouTube followers. And just like, you know, the model is build the community and you can sell them almost anything. Right. So he opened up something like 1800 ghost kitchens in one day. You know, he's known for these, you know, extreme things. And when you look at it, um, you know, my, my initial thought was always like, oh, that's cool, man, but you're going to have to execute on it. I actually got overheated to battle on TikTok about this. That got me some, <laughs> I guess, flaming is, is, is like the old school word for it. But got you flaming? Yeah, no, no. God, they were flaming me because I was saying Dave, uh, what's his name? Dubrovnik or whatever Mr. his name Beast? is. Mr. Beast? Um, no, Mr. Beast is the, yeah, the burger one. But this other guy did one with pizza. But let's, let, I guess, stick on the Mr. Beast thing. But yeah, so he's like, I can leverage my audience to create, you know, to, to create this demand for burgers, fries, so, shakes. So basically the brand is Mr. Beast. Mr. The Beast. brand's staying the same, mm-hmm. but you're just changing. You're just adding channels of uh, I guess products yeah just adding more products yeah I mean Gary Vee did it with wine you know he yeah. does it with a lot of different things uh, more, more traditional route but you know these influencers who have an audience right I don't know how he came up with the burger thing I probably should know that but if you connect with a chef who knows burgers or cookies or whatever it is and you say hey my audience I'm leveraged with you know, best burger maker in the world. We're going to be having these burgers available all across the country. All you have to do is order from my app and blah, 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 blah. There you go. You know what I mean? They they don't need to do any more than that. So um, you still have to execute, right? The burger has to be good. Otherwise, that's just going to be really successful. And then 
Yeah. And but, well, here's the thing. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. No, that, that's really my point. It's just you have the audience. You can you can sell them anything, and, and I think it's so, an opportunity for restaurants. So I guess the lesson here is if you're a badass fucking cook and you know somebody who has a big Instagram following or YouTube following or brand, you could say, let me execute with your brand uh, one menu item. I yeah. think that's the trick with yes. these things is like don't try to like offer like a giant menu. No digitally just do like one thing really well like a item yeah one thing yeah. and then you can that's why they scale so fast because now you can go to a infinite amount of restaurants that have all the ingredients in-house you basically yep. franchise the recipe and that's the only thing that's being franchised because the brand already exists and yeah. you find people to contract out your recipe yeah and they, it. they make it super easy because they have relationships i forget who's his is with cisco us foods or whatever everything the branding, the packaging, the, the the burger, the buns, the sauces, the fries, the containers, all comes from that supplier. Yeah. So you just order those SKU numbers. It all shows up. You know how to cook a burger. You know how to make fries. There you go. But that's an extreme example, right? But on on a on why restaurants, I believe, should be maybe this is a, a segue, is when you're creating content around who you are, right? Telling your story, people get to know you digitally. Which you know, I worked with a group that who says I think this is part of our expansion strategy. Brands can, uh, landlords can see us, developers can see us, and get to know who we are from across the country before us going there and deciding if we want to open up in uh, Phoenix. You know, we, they know they already get the look, feel, and vibe. You know, and I think that's a, a huge thing. Is that on that scale, now you have created some influence because you now have even if you just dominate your regional market. You have the ability to create different ghost kitchens. Sean is doing that out, out in, in San Diego, Sean Bolchev. So it's um, tremendous, tremendous opportunity. I mean, that's, yeah. that's super next level, but it's it requires maybe an investment, so but it's I feel there. Like there's probably two groups of people right now listening to this. You got one group of people that's probably like really excited about this. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is the future. Like, I, I love the amount of opportunity here. And there's truly an abundance amount of opportunity on the table if you know where to find it. And then you have the other group of people that are probably trying to find the the closest tall building and getting on an elevator and hoping to like to find a way to jump off of the building because they're yeah. like this is not what i got into the industry yeah right for. like i i'll find like where's a where is there a cliff i'm done i'm i just want to mm -hmm. end it all i kind of lean in that direction if mm -hmm. i'm being completely honest yeah i see the opportunity i get it but i also don't like to exist in that world i don't even like to like do zoom calls anymore mm -hmm. you know like one of the reasons why i get my ass on a train or a plane or drive across the country is cuz i will do anything to avoid a zoom call i rather i want to you know what i mean like yeah. i want to sit i rather fucking tow literally 100 pounds of luggage with me and like have blisters on my hands just to have a two hours across the, 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 the table from Kyle and Sarah. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the stuff that makes me happy. I want to fucking touch things, man. I want to, like, like I want to put things in my hand. I want to, like, you know what I'm like? I, and, I, and I have the energy that I, I, I got to hug you. Yeah. I got to fucking hug you. <laughs> yeah, that's a here, real, bro. yeah. Um, and that's the stuff that makes me happy. So when I think about this digital world we're going into, I'm like, this, this is good for some people, but hmm. at the same time, like I think to this, I mean, this is inhuman. This is not human. Like everything that this that this that that, that is happening right now is so void of soul. But you, you know what, what I'm you, saying? You, you can use, and I hear that, and I actually think it's it's a because uh, I love that too. I, I love going out to eat. Yeah. I'm not ecstatic ordering Mr. Beast time. I've never ordered, it, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not ordering food from home. I'm not. That doesn't make. I it, I'm no longer hungry. Yeah. But it doesn't satisfy my need to go out and interact with people and have a good time and experience new places. I think it's a tremendous white space opportunity for fine dining and places that do provide hospitality because, you know, vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Some people want to stay home that night and, and still get 
the the salad from your place without going in because they love the salad. Some people love going to your place because they want to interact with the bartender and see people that they know. If you can do both, you're fucking killing it. Yeah. I think that's the way you have to think of it. Like, And if you are the kind of person who's like, I just want to cook and provide hospitality and shake people's hands and check in on their kids and be that person, the neighborhood restaurant person, awesome. Hire somebody who can help you do the other part. Yes. Because so you like money, I think. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's the other part. So here's where I'm at with it. Um, I think I think there's a lot of people who are like, what's happening to the industry, the way, like the world, the direction we're going in, the world that's being, that's evolving, that we're evolving into is a world that I don't want to be a part of. My original thought, or my thought is, listen, like that world is growing. That that world is is coming to fruition. That does not mean that people aren't going to want to see each other anymore. That right. does not mean that people aren't going to want to go. I think what's happening is the world is just diversifying. Um, people at the end of the day are still human. They still want to be able to pick up your pheromones and you know give you a hug and to yeah. get like human in person experiences like i don't think that's going anywhere yeah I um agree and i also i honestly think here's my true belief i think that as we more and more people go into the ver the the digital world and um try to exist in that world i think that we're gonna start to realize i think there's gonna be a period where we're we're so we're not necessarily um what am I trying to say there's gonna be a period where we go in that direction because it's the new shiny sexy thing and we're gonna start realizing that we're not happy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, and we're gonna say like, what? Why am I so depressed? Yeah. Why? Why do I just want to <sighs> lay in bed all day? It's because you're not getting things that you need. Hot dude. Um. And and what we need as human beings is human contact. Yeah. We need human recognition. We need to be seen. Um. And I think we're just starting to realize. I'm I'm, I'm Terry now. I'm no, sorry. You want to? No. You're, you're, this is your time to. No, to, no dude. I, I I love that perspective because it's to me. There's definitely that. You know, I think when you think about it, there's definitely the dark side, right? There could be somebody whose life is miserable in real life. It could be infinitely better when they put their Oculus on. They have a better physique. Yeah. They make more money. They drive a better car in this digital world, right? Everyone has played a video game. We're like, oh, my God, I'm driving a Ferrari. You're not driving a Ferrari, but you have that connection where you feel like you have, right? I get heat all the time in commercial real estate. When they're like, you know, you create content. What are you, what are you doing? You know, the, the it's relationships. They tell me it's relationships. It's cold calling. Got it, dude. I, I want to meet these people in real life too. But guess what? This is how we can connect to them first. Yeah. And how many times has anybody seen somebody? Oh, I mean, it happens all the time to TikTokers and YouTubers and Mr. Beast and whatever on the extreme example. But even my buddy Eddie out in Phoenix is a commercial broker. He has people asking for his autograph because they see him on TikTok. It's a, it's a, it's a dynamic that people are just getting to know you. So if I see a restaurant owner who's smiley and gregarious and his place is inviting and the food looks tremendous and the look, feel, and vibe that the videographer can help you create for that content makes people feel connected. They're like, oh, when they get there, they're like, I feel like I've already been here. I feel like I know you. And yeah. that's that's the piece. That's the magic. Well, what's the first word in the, the two-word description of what you're talking about, the, the, the category we're talking about? It's called something media. Digital? Social media. Oh, yeah. social. Yeah, right, right, right. It's, it's socializing, right? Yeah, of course. It is socializing. Yeah. At the end of the day, there are other there are people that you're engaging with, tagging, bumping up. Like you know, that's socializing. It's a I think it's a very diluted, shitty form of socializing. If I'm being honest, yeah. But it is still socializing. Yeah. But to, to your point, it's the it's it's faster. I can I can socialize with a two five hundred people today if I wanted to. Yeah, I'd be sitting on my couch doing it. And I would want to 
stick pencils in my eyes by the end of the day, but I could do it. Well, you got it done. You know, <laughs> but I could open the door. I could, yeah. I could, I could spark a new relationship with a bunch of people. Right. Uh, it's not going to hit as hard. It's not going to be as meaningful as you and I sitting down at this table, having coffee together and then maybe going out and, um, you know, I don't know, grabbing a calzone, a calzone and maybe getting stoned <laughs> later. Like that's yeah. like, you know, that's way more fun in my opinion. Right. Um, and that's more impactful, but it can start digitally. And this is where this relationship started. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where, you know, I'm not going to have people on that show if I don't reach out to them digitally. Yeah. Right. Like, or they don't, cause what, there's what happens. I'll reach out like, Hey, love your show or heard you on Eric's podcast or my friend recommended me to you. Uh, would love to have you on the show. Right. DM. And they're getting to email or, or what have you. Well, then what's the next thing they do? Go check out my profile. Go check out my social stuff. That's how they're going to get to know me. And if I'm doing what I think is right and I'm putting out the real version of myself, when we meet, it's going to be feel very familiar because you've already consumed a bunch of content based on, you know, on, on me. That's why it's so important, authenticity for restaurants. Is this what your burger actually looks like? Is this what this experience actually is like? Because if I go to your brunch and it doesn't look like this big party popping off and there's 10 people sitting there, you just you just sold me on something that's not true. Disingenuous. Yeah, disingenuous. And that's another big issue I have with social media. It's a bunch of people out there telling the world about how great they are, and they put all the work and all their energy into projecting this di this, di this digital image, this, this, this front of this is how I want you to see mm -hmm. me. And then people are like, that seems pretty cool. Let's go check it out. And they get there, and they're like, where's the... Where's the person that's on all? Oh, they're upstairs making videos. Oh, that's why they're not down here because yeah. they're too busy telling the world how great they are instead instead of being great. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of one of my pushbacks too because, and that we're starting to get kind of into the dark side of it. Um, but you don't hear a lot of the dark side. Mm. Uh, all you hear from most of the people that are making this content, telling you about how awesome social media is, um, and the, the opportunities within social media. A lot of them have ulterior motives. Yeah, in the sense that uh, I was having that conversation last night. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they're telling you these things because they're they want to be the one that teaches you how to do it, so they can maybe sell you a course or get you to use one of their affiliate links. And that's the side of it. If you don't understand what's really happening, there's a whole side of it. Unless you know, and I know because I went through that stuff to learn. But I'm also like, like I don't want to spin this world because I don't really get that. I don't get that excited about it. First of all, no. and I see through it because I know what the most people don't know that there's a transaction waiting for them somewhere down the line. Oh. And that's the whole point. Yeah. And that doesn't come to the conversation. If you study the business, you know how the business works, you know that there's a call to action somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's the whole fucking point. The social media yeah. is the funnel. Yeah. It's the tip of the funnel. It's, hey, like me. Hey, let me feel you, let me make you feel like there's hope in that you're special and that you can do anything. And then you're, you're going to like me because I'm giving you hope. I'm, I'm, I'm selling hope. And then there's going to be a free PDF. And then there's going to be like, I have your email. Now I'm showing up in your inbox. And then there's yeah. going to be like, hey, buy this for me. Yeah. And that's how you're supposed to do it. That's yeah. the funnel. That's a click it's, funnel. Yeah. And that's what everyone out there is doing. Yep. Most people who don't know digital marketing don't know that. Right. They're just, they're just being acted on. And yep. I think that there's a lot of manipulation out there. Oh, totally. You know, um, they, they thrive on that. They so what's going through that. your mind as I'm saying this? You know, that, that is, that is, I think why so many of those folks are being weeded out right now because platforms like TikTok and just more people documenting their life because what happens then is if you don't deliver 
It's a law of diminishing returns. You may sell a thousand courses, but that's going to be the only money you make because when it, the course sucks or they just don't like you, it's just not going to it's just not going to continue. So in in my business in real estate, that's why I love where I'm coming from. I don't have anything to sell you. You if you choose to work with me because you like my content, you meet me, and you think I can help you out, you don't pay me one penny. Mm-hmm. You don't. Okay, if you want to, you know, if we have a strategy call, whatever, there's different hourly rates, but that's completely different than what my transactional business is. It's like, I'm just happy you're hitting that and not my camera. I know you're like 50% Italian and Sarah's Italian. A lot of hands. I'm all hands. Yeah. Yeah, Like, if if this is in fast motion, it looks like a psychopath. (laughs) I was talking to an honorary Italian yesterday with uh, Scott um, uh, Bellman. Oh, crap. I'm so bad. Spellman. Um, it's like all, whenever I talk to these Italians, I'm like looking at my cameras and shit. I'm like, don't fucking knock that thing over. Uh, sorry. But no, that. yeah. Like it's, um, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. Uh, sorry. I totally <laughs> derailed you. Maybe now's a good time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Cause I, I will forget if I don't take another break to thank our sponsors. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by pop menu. Look, I don't need to explain to you that restaurants have been hit hard over the past few years, which means restaurant owners and their staff have been working harder than ever. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. This is because it uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located or what are your hours? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Within the pop menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow-up links via text message. Pop menu answering picks up your phone call 24-7, 365 days a year, allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most, your guests in-house. The time is now to prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off your first month and learn more about pop menus, full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. Okay, we're back. Wait, are we back? Do you remember what you were going to say? Back, yeah. Did, did you lose no, your train of thought? Okay, <laughs> I did, but it's back. Okay, um, <laughs> we're back. No, like because, yeah, exactly. If you were if you were back in the day, like you were alluding to before about you know the private jets and people have all the cash in the car, and then you go there and it's some dude who doesn't look anything like, or some girl who doesn't have the money or not surrounded by the you know doesn't have all the luxury stuff that she pushes on Instagram. It's it's bullshit right like you have to come you have to come through so in my business and most people who do and in really any way anybody who interacts with people for their business right restaurants they want to know like and trust you right you can get people to know like and trust you digitally you're not going to do that if you're bullshitting them with anything right like so if the experience in real life or even the experience digitally Right, like I've experienced that on Instagram, trying to buy something. It's not the way you tell me. It's not so easy to get to your website. It sucks. You misled me, or you did something wrong. If you're doing that in the restaurant business or in my business, where I tell you, hey, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. You should work with me. Or I'm wearing a suit in this video, and then when you come here and I'm dressed like this, you're like, wait, I wanted somebody that worked in a suit. Yeah, I'm not that guy. And that guy exists. He might not be making content. You might be 
more, he might be more difficult to find and get to know, like, and trust, but it's an opportunity to be genuine and be yourself. And of all the content that G and I have made over the last five years, probably one of the best performing videos was one that was all outtakes. Mm -hmm. Because it shows that this, because people think like, it's humanizing. You could just get up there and do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could tell you probably better than anybody. Half the shit doesn't even make it anywhere. Yeah. That's my that's my whole strategy. Like, I'm just now starting to con. Like, I'm saying all this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm not, for anybody who's listening, I'm not arguing that social media is a very powerful tool. And I'm not going to, I'm not denying that it can definitely drive traffic to your business and help you get found. It does all those things. And then I'm not saying you shouldn't do social media. I do push back on this idea that everybody should do social media because in my mind, here's the analogy I like to use. You or anybody saying that you should be going out, going out there and being like living in your phone and tagging people and creating content every day. Um, that would be like me saying like 20, 30 years ago that everybody should be scrapbooking. Um, <laughs> and everybody could scrapbook. But I'll tell you right now, some people are going to be, their scrapbooks are going to look a lot better than other people's scrapbooks. And if I were to scrapbook 20 years ago or even today, I did it once for a girlfriend. It was so embarrassing because it looked like a fucking two-year-old did it. You know, like I should not be scrapbooking. It's bad. You know, like it does not make me and my brand look good when I scrapbook. <laughs> I'm not doing myself any favors when I scrapbook. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. like a fucking like that looks like a, a picture dyslexic of like idiot does it, and that's what's happening. Like <laughs> that's what happens when it's when I'm scrapbooking. But your strength is speaking to the microphone. Exactly. You wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't do you wouldn't do scrapbooking. But here's the thing: <laughs> restaurants that restaurants that do not create a digital presence. Now, forget about what I what I will say next. But first, it is one of the top three things landlords are looking at. Yeah. Are you, do you get it? Do you get the fact that there are people in this world that don't want to talk to you? They want to get your food and go back home. They want to do, that's part of what's happening. And I will also say, if you don't create some sort of, you don't have to have it 24 hours a day, just be consistent. You post one YouTube video a month, fantastic. You write one blog a week, email newsletter a week, great. And you post still pictures on Instagram, got it. We know how you show up. I want to know how you show up digitally. You're not going to be relevant. You're not going to be relevant in the space somehow. Do what I'm not saying, I'll tell you, but for your social media content, I noticed when you started doing those videos where you're talking to people like, hey, I just met with, you know, so and so, and this is what this episode is about. It was great because me, I got to know you. I told you the first time I met you, it was so weird because I was listening for so long. And then that was my first thing, right? So I'm, I had never really seen you on video, but I'd always heard your voice. When I heard your voice, it was, it was uh, reminiscent, right? So I think that's the name of the game. Just figure out who you are. Figure yeah. out what you're so, most comfortable doing. And that's one of the things like, and uh, so, I mean, I'm, I had a plan in my head to, to end today's conversation with a bright side because we're kind of getting into the dark stuff and I wanted to end on a bright note. Yeah. But where I would go, I'm just going to bring the bright stuff back and then go dark again. Um, the bright thing is, I think you need to recognize, like, should you be doing social media regularly? Is, is that a part of your marketing mix that should exist? Yes, absolutely. But I don't think that you or not necessarily you, but like, or everyone listening to this, but if you're somebody who does not enjoy doing that, if like, if you if picking up your phone and write like typing copy and tagging people in hashtagging and trying to think of 
creative ways to make things look visually appealing makes you want to fucking not wake up tomorrow, then you shouldn't do that. Right. Um, and I think that I think there's a lot of people that have this level of guilt and remorse and feel like they're, they're a piece of shit slacker. I felt this way for the longest time. I'm like, I don't, if this is what I have to do to be successful, then I don't want to wake mm -hmm. up tomorrow. Right. I don't want to be a part of this world because this is not the world I want to live in. This is not how I want to exist on right. the, the planet. That being said, there are people in this world who are great digital creators who are so good at it, who are pointing a camera at me right now as I speak. <laughs> and this is a great opportunity for those people like G in the world yeah. who are, who are artistic, who are talented, who can write good copy, who do understand how to tag people in hashtag things and make things stick together on the internet. And they like it. They enjoy it. They're seen for it. It makes them feel like they bring value to the world. That's where they come into the picture. And if you think you need to do everything it's just like a restaurant. Yes. You're, you're either a that. chef or a front of house person yeah. or you have your lane and you need to stay into it. But now there's just a new lane that's being developed. Right. And I think that's how people have to look at it. You don't have to like it. That's the other thing is like he enjoys that process. Blind cooks or certain there are certainly cooks like that who you know don't want to be promoted. They want to be a line cook forever. They don't want the responsibility, whatever it is. Restaurant owners didn't get involved because they want to manage a P&L. They didn't get involved because they want to understand the nuances of general liability insurance, but they hire people to do it for them because it's necessary for the success of their business. Yeah. This is and it a creates new opportunity. Column. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's where the, that's what I like about it. Um, and that's what I do. That's my approach. So when you said like recently I see these videos of you, I'll fucking talk all day, dude. I'm yeah. stealing the, the mic from you right now. When you're my guest, I should probably be letting you talk. <laughs> I have no problem talking. Right. If you put a camera on me, I will think of something. There's a very short channel between my heart and my mouth. I feel and yeah. I know what I feel and I can say it. Um, I don't want to tag anything. Once it's been said, I don't ever want to go back to it ever again. Yeah, but this, this, that's a great point because yeah. you don't have to create. Yeah. You are the content. Yeah. You are the content. I'm the talent. That, yeah, you're talent. <laughs> exactly. I, and I like to be referred refer to as talent. Yeah, you're the talent. And that's the, <laughs> and that's the thing. You just have to show up yeah. and say what you know, what you can do because a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. And that's what the world is realizing now. That's what restaurants are realizing right now is, yeah, I'd love to get on TikTok. I don't want to be on camera. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, but there are people who do want to be on camera. And guess what? They're bigger than all these brands. Yeah. That's what's this, such a weird dynamic. But now we're going, we're going, uh, you know, we're, we're in graduate graduate level courses now. But that's what's happening is these brands, these these individuals are becoming bigger than Pepsi, mm -hmm. than Ford, than whatever. They need them. You know, the Kanye thing was a real thing. Like, did he need them or they, or or did they need him? What was the dynamic? You know, and it's. It's 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 really interesting, and it's 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 worth just just take. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing, just do what works for you, and that's that's the name of the game, I think. Yeah, and I think there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this and going to themselves. Um, you know, like that sounds like me, but I can't afford. I can barely afford to pay the people that are working for me. I can't afford to create a whole new position and pay somebody upwards of like sixty thousand a year, or fifty thousand, or forty thousand a year to follow me around to to do social media. Yeah. Like that's not in reach for everybody. So I have to do it. I would still push back and say, no, you don't. You just need to be more willing to let people who are already working for you do it. Because there's a good chance that somebody, one yes. of your like you know eighteen, nineteen year old employees, um, is really good at this stuff. They can help you create standards around it, and then maybe they're not with you forever. But now they have a set of them. Now there's a whole new set of processes and checklists yeah. that you can run good people through who have that skill set, right? Yeah. And you're already paying them; they're yeah. already on your staff. They're, yeah. You know, 
invest back in your business. I mean, how, how are you? Here's my what I always say to everybody is then tell me what plan B is. What's the other way to get people in the door? How are you going to get them to notice you? Tell me what I'm opening. I'm all I'm 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 I will consider it because there are I would say 65 percent of the time. I don't want to create content. I don't want to have to do anything, you know, and then I just realized that I have to do it to stay top of mind because I have this feeling of I need to I need to stay top of mind. I need to get more businesses and this is how I'm going to do it. So it's a longer term perspective, but I'll just call bullshit on the fact saying that you don't have the money. You know, this is the time now, particularly even end of year and given where we are just in our lifetime with what's happening, you got to look at your business and say, okay, where, where am I failing? You know, people tend to focus on what they're really doing well. Like, oh, we make, a, we make an excellent steak. We provide a great experience at our restaurant. Yeah, but your social media sucks or your books are a mess, right? Or your, you know, whatever else is, is going on just could be better. You need to, this needs to be in that conversation, you know, knowing what you don't know is just as important as knowing what you do know. And I think that's it's you got to make the investment in the right place. Yeah. Um, one thing we have not talked about yet and that I was hoping we'd talk about um, you're we're, well, I'm curious. Where do you go? Where does Kyle and Sarah go to learn more about social media and best practices and what that should look like? What's your inspiration? Um, I always look for the most, you know, that's why I think G and I connected is his style and the, the authentic the authenticness the behind the scenes the real like who's being real in the space and not just getting on stage and telling me what to do yeah um i take a lot of inspiration from that and i think that it's people who can track the journey and i can see where they're going and what their vision is in real life if they happen to be getting into a bentley cool if they're just somebody showing me from their desk in their mom's basement cool too right i learned a lot of things that way too uh ultimately for me i always lean towards authenticity you know I, I, you know the shiny stuff is great um but inspiration wise you know gary v was always the first one for me um there are tons of restaurants um uh, that i look on social media who do a fantastic job like particularly the chef stuff is great uh but for me i just like personalities i like authenticity i like people who are just being very clear and being who they are I can tell somebody who's being scripted or being paid to say something a mile away. So uh, anybody that that creates content in that form, I'm, I'm a big fan of. I was talking with just to bring Steve up again. I was texting him last night. I'm like, man, uh, he's great. He's he, great at social media too. By the way, yeah, he's, he's yeah, and he he's his he's a branding guy, he's a marketing guy, and so he gets it. And I think you know who's being authentic in this space right now. Like, I don't want somebody's paid version of where I should get my next meal from. Uh, who actually likes it? Because if you're being genuine, you don't like everything. If your Instagram is you liking everything, I... Well, that's another big thing I have with... I'm not a fan. Like, I, I look at certain accounts online, and I just see that they're following, like, 10,000 people, um, you know, or they're just doing, like, every... This is kind of where I was going to... I was hoping to get more best practices out of you around TikTok yeah, and stuff like that sure. before I started getting dark again, because I want to go dark <laughs> again. There's... I, I'm, an, I'm generally an optimistic motive, like, a positive person but i have a dark side it doesn't come out all the time we all do yeah <laughs> um so like before i get dark again where like where like is there like a course you took or uh like a somebody who teaches best practices or do you just literally watch what other people do and get inspired by it i learn by doing okay everything i you can tell me like you telling me hey just set up these cameras and put these microphones i'm just like no no no. i need to see it 
I need to see it. I need to touch it. I need to. Oh, that's what it's like. Oh, okay, I can do this. I can, I can, I can understand it that way. Oh, maybe I don't have to do it that way. Oh, this would work better for me. Oh, I actually like that better. Um, I just dive right in. Again, it goes back to the fail fast, fail forward kind of thing. If I don't figure it out right away, then whatever. I mean, if I went back to the first post I ever made on TikTok, Jesus, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You know, or in my first post on LinkedIn or Instagram, it's, it's a disaster. But you don't get better at push-ups by not doing them. You got to keep doing it. So a lot of the stuff that you do, I noticed that it's like um, there's like the overlay. Like you'll be like like lip syncing to like a mm -hmm. music, or like I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but do you see somebody else do it and be like, oh, I can recreate that in my in my like brand? Is that kind of what's happening? Yes. Is there inspiration and in like seeing what other people are doing and, and taking that and recreating it with your own twist? Yeah. So. TikTok is all, and it started more so that way, and it's leaning more towards being a different type of platform, but it's, there's trending sounds, right? And some of them are clips from a movie, you know, or it could just be another creator that created this funny sound. And then it could have nothing to do with your, with your niche or what you're trying to get through to your audience, but you just craft it in that way, right? Like, so there's a sound that could uh, be from a certain, like from Goodfellas or something that has nothing to do with restaurants or real estate. But if I can use it and make, you know, it's, it's that cultural awareness versus what you do, right? So you're trying to latch on to what's trending culturally, right? To what I actually do. So that sound could be me talking about a relationship with a client, me, what it's like to deal with a landlord, me, what it's like to try to get guests on the podcast show and they don't get back to you or whatever it is. Tying yourself into the larger conversation is the name of the game. And I think that's, you know, people think TikTok is a dancing app or it's all lip syncing act. Yeah, that's there for sure. But it's now turning into 15 second clips on telling people how to open up a restaurant or how to do their taxes or how to be a better salesperson or how to edit video. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things too I push back. I'm like, I have zero desire to do a dance to for somebody. Like literally to do a dance for somebody, like I like I definitely doing one before we leave today. <laughs> like no, like I like I don't I don't want to do that. Like I'm not gonna dance like a monkey for you. I'm sorry, I'm just not gonna do it. So people love to do that, and I need to understand that some people love doing a little dance, and right. that and that's part. But you of their, never want to dance. Period. Just like if this is a wedding or a sweet sixteen, you're like I'm not I'm not dancing Dude, unless there's like four whiskeys in my body. Like I'm not. We can do on that. The that's the that's easy. <laughs> I'm just not much of a dancer, so, you know? Okay, I think we know how to get you to do it now. So I feel like a lot of the time there's things that, like, I look at social media. Like, this is turning into, like, a therapy session for me. I did not intend for that. But do you want to lay down? No, one, like, I could. I mean, cheek it out of the way. <laughs> um, no, but, like, one of the reasons why I love talking to you is because, like, we, we have good rapport. We communicate well. And I feel comfortable being oh, vulnerable yeah. with you. I love it. And I think one of the things that I think most of my hatred around social media stems from my vulnerabilities, if I'm being like in my insecurities is mm -hmm. really what I meant to say. And I don't, I don't think I present myself well on social media because I have like, like I don't, I can't catch typos. Like yesterday I did something on social media. I, I, I didn't see that I spelled something wrong. I'll even proofread and I won't catch things. Um, you know, growing up dyslexic, like I never did, just developed great grammar, even if I, it's gotten better, but I still don't even see mistakes yeah, anymore. But dude, so like, you, it's like insecurities around that. And I think it makes my brand look bad. But you, if you know? leaned into your insecurities. That's the strength. That's the, that's the, if you were like, yo, I'm just well, doing it right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm doing it with in the way that I yeah. like to do it through conversation, not through, Hey, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you're like, Hey, um, yeah. Guys, you know, check this out. Kyle, we're going to post these clips of Kyle's show. And if you want to see some bad writing, uh, my caption will be underneath. Like if you leaned into it, you know, it's, damn, it's, 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 uh, again, Gary, what's it Gary V who made that? Yeah. So his analogy is the scene from 8 Mile, mm. right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with 8 Mile. In the last 
think it's the last scene. It's one of the last scenes. It's he's in this battle rap competition with the guy who's going to supposed to be like the clear winner. He's Eminem's a complete underdog, and his whole rhyme is calling himself out. Yeah, my mom is addicted to drugs. I do live in a trailer park. I am this. And my somebody did fuck my girlfriend. Blah 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 blah. Now what are you going to say about me? Yeah. And the guy literally has nothing to say and drops the mic and the show's over. Yeah. Because that's the only thing people have about it, right? Like, oh, I'm bald or I'm overweight or I don't have any more restaurants. Why do you talk about restaurants? And, buddy, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's all here for you. And I yeah. think that's where the real magic is because anybody can we, – we can go right after this. We can go to the Atitaboro Airport, lean against a private jet with all your luggage, like off to Maui or whatever – that anybody can do that, but yeah. nobody can be who you are. And that's where, where people need to lean into. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, so that when it comes to the dark side, uh, I do like, I do think that there's, there's a lot of good when it comes to social media. I think the most, the most powerful aspect of social media is that it's fragmented the channels of communication. And for the longest time, there are like only like a handful of people that really got to control the narrative in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basically like big money. I'm talking like when, back when there was only like five channels on TV, the old dial. Yeah, like we've come a long way, and now there's a. I think that the the fact that the we're fragmenting the channels of communication and we're giving more people uh, the opportunity to share perspective and share knowledge. I love. I think podcasting is probably the best, most authentic form of media out there. Oh, um, in the sense that like information is just flowing right now, and more not just knowledge on like how to do things, but also perspective. I think that's a big part of it mm-hmm. too. Like, and I don't think people listen anymore um we are we're all just trying to be heard and the cool thing about like podcasts and i know a lot of people hate joe rogan but i think he's really good at doing this uh he he'll he'll get lots of different perspectives and he'll listen to a bunch of different perspectives so like when you just when you have no choice but to listen you're you start getting different perspectives Mm -hmm. that being said um one of the reasons now going back to like the dark side of social media the way that the all like social media, Facebook doesn't care about you. Instagram doesn't care about you. TikTok doesn't care about you. They don't fucking care about you. No, they do care. That's not true. They do care about you. They care about having your attention. Mm, yeah. And that's the only thing they care about right. is your attention and your data. And I think that it's really, and you can't have the conversation about all the good social media does to grow your business and not talk about the dark side of it. The dark side of it that they don't want you to know. Oh, yeah. They just want you to. They're, these platforms are designed to do one thing: get your attention. Mm-hmm. That's all they care about. Right. Um, and they also, I mean, we can talk about echo chambers and all this other stuff. They also want to make sure you stick around longer. So the reason why there are echo chambers is they're going to only show you the stuff that you want to see. Yes. So now people aren't getting perspective anymore. And the cool thing about social, like, but like podcasting and stuff like that, is like uh, or podcast like I go to Joe Rogan because he's so middle of the road and most people who don't know Joe think he's like a far like right mm-hmm. dude he's really not no. he's he's probably leans more left he's he's very open minded and I, and I love what he does I think he's doing such good work to give people different perspective is he always right no but you're going to get the other side yeah and he'll he'll get somebody on and usually he's both, not driving a narrative exactly he's learning and that's I really do model my show after what he does I talk to different people when I hear advice on the show that I don't think is good advice I don't say that's bad advice. I go, tell me more. Yeah, right. Let me understand your perspective because maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's anyone's person's job to say this is the right way to do something. Yeah. It's what are the many different ways to do things and what, what's, the best, what's the best way for you based off of your skills, your values, your beliefs, Yeah. all these things. I mean, there, there's a lot to unpack there, but you know, there's, there's 
big businesses, you can go down the rabbit hole of them all day long, right? Like, you know, where were these Nikes made? Who made them? You know, they only want to sell you sneakers. Yeah, okay, so how deep do we want to get? I think, you know, you have to be smart enough to, if I'm seeing all things that are, I feel are negative, you know, maybe these algorithms are trying to tell me something about myself. And, you know, especially having a 15-year-old daughter, you know, there, there, that's a whole other layer of complexity of what she can get into on, on there. Because you, you can, if there's somebody on the other end of that screen telling you something dark, it's easy for teenagers who are confused to be like, that's me. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah, no, but you're not. You don't. Yeah, that's just what you see. You go for go outside and go see somebody else. Yeah, you know, and that's it's it's yeah right because there's nothing stopping anybody from getting on there. I mean, can can debate that too, right? But there's really nothing stopping anybody from getting up there and saying anything and dry, and somebody can connect with it. Like that's our that's that's this is my leader. Yeah. This is my person. So it's yeah, it's can cut this, both ways. I realize sure. this is a restaurant business podcast. We're getting this this, but I think that it's a. I think it's good. I mean, regardless of whether or not we always talk specifically about restaurants, I think that it's good to see big picture sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I can say as my, so we talked a lot about uh, social media as the creator side, the creative side, the, the, the production side, the posting side, but then there's the user side. And as a user, I can tell you straight up when I'm on social media, I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. Mm. Am I doing enough? Am I okay? Should I be doing more of this? Oh, maybe I'm on, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be focusing on traveling so much and doing things. And maybe I shouldn't spend a thousand dollars in every interview I do and, yeah. and get away with a zoom call or something like that. Cause maybe I'm going to, fail because I'm spending too much money or you know what I'm saying? Maybe I can't get in touch with as many people and that's the name of the game. It's about impressions, not about like impact, you know? So like I start thinking and questioning myself all the time. So I literally delete that shit when I'm home because I don't want to be, I don't want to see other people and what they're doing. I just want to focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but that's why a lot of people aren't on social media. It's, it's an insecurity of what people are going to think about what you're doing and, and that kind of thing. But in reality, that's the content. Yeah. That's what people, Well, no, it's not just that I'm saying that, um, I see what other people are doing and then I question everything that I do because mm-hmm. I'm seeing so much of what other people so you feel are doing. like you lose your what you actually want to do. I lose my security, like, uh, my my, yeah. my confidence in the decisions I'm making. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like am, should I be putting more work into social media and less work? Should I exist more digitally or more in the physical world? You know, like I tend to do question. I tend to zig when everyone else zags. Right. Like I'm like, hey, I, I'm sitting here with all like I'm putting all my my re- money into like the, like equipment and stuff like that. But is that crazy? Dude, you dude, know, dude, dude, I mean, the amount of heat that I get from people that I work directly with, my partner, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you? What do you mean you're at it? He doesn't understand. Like, what do you mean you're doing a podcast for two hours? How does that help? Uh, how does that help? You know, if it's mine or if it's Eric's or if it's Sean's or if it's anybody else's, it's me existing digitally. That's an investment in time. Right? You want me to get to know people. You know, we want to know a lot of people, right? Me calling people on the phone, right? Like, forget about the time of year and whether that's the right thing to do to disrupt business during the day, whatever, any of the traditional cold calling tactics or ways to get in touch with people. This is the best use of time to reach the most amount of people for me. So one of the things that everybody in that industry gives me will be like, how do you have time to do that stuff? How do you have time to do it? I'm trying to reach more people. I'm, I work as a tenant rep, strictly representing restaurants. I can get in, I can get in front of more restaurants this way than I can if I tried to pop in, give them my business card, email them, set up a presentation of my services, cold call them, and hopefully see if they, you know, can I meet you for a cup of coffee? Let's get to know each other first digitally, and then 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 we can take that next step. It's um, 
if I listened to them, I wouldn't be doing, I probably wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be anywhere because that's just not me. I'm not going to be cold calling 500 restaurants a day. It's just not the way things are done anymore. Forget about that aspect of it. Nobody wants to talk to anybody on the phone about their future real estate plans. Yeah. Um, one thing I was kind of hoping to get your perspective on, um, I'm not on TikTok. Um, one of the reasons why I'm not on TikTok, I'm thinking about getting on TikTok. Um, if I could find somebody who was willing to like do, like put a camera on me and, and chop that stuff up or the biggest reason why I'm not TikTok, I'm not on TikTok, if I'm being completely honest, is because I... I don't like the fact that China owns it mm. and they, they own my data. It yeah. really scares me. And I think that's another part of the conversation that doesn't come to the, it doesn't come up enough. Right. Um, what's going through your mind as I say that, like chill out, catch Tori, it's going to be okay. Yes. Like, I think, you know, I think there's probably, if we knew everything else that was going on, right? Like of listening in on, you know, people like, I don't like to be on camera. I'm like, I hate to, hate to tell you, you're walking down the street in New York, there's probably 5,000 cameras on you right now. You know, traffic cameras, and, and who, who knows where that's going, right? Like, who knows? And there's all that deep fake stuff where they can replicate your voice and what you look like and all that. What are you going to do about it? You live in a log cabin and forget about it? I think, to me... I don't worry so much about that. I'm not a big political guy. I, I do what I think is right. And yeah, there are things that would, I would, you know, say no to. Yeah. But uh, I can't think about who owns what and when. Well, it goes, for me, it goes back to the dark side of, okay, so from what I understand, they're not just like getting your email mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When I say data, they're not just getting your phone number and your address. They're they're getting your your habits, Yeah. Um, your keystrokes, the conversations oh, you're yeah. getting. Um, they're getting access to your microphone, to your to your camera, and when okay, big deal. But when they have billions of people, and they're getting that information, mm-hmm. now they're getting the big picture idea of data and human behavior. Um, why is that a, an issue in my mind? Well, there's no secret that Russia, China, any country that hates America, is using technology to create to divide. And they're creating like fake accounts and they're using information that they know is going to make us get more divided. Right. Yeah, right. You know, and like that's the big picture dark stuff that nobody talks about. I feel like we have a social responsibility sometimes. I'm not against social media, but I'm absolutely fucking against three companies owning all that yeah. shit. That's a fucking problem, dude. That's a dictatorship. Yeah. And we don't talk about this. When you have three companies, Google, Facebook, TikTok that own all the data and they're caught and they're literally telling they're you the world it. what to do. Yeah. That's a big problem, dude. We need to fragment this shit big time. We need to split it up. We need to make decisions and not all be in the same place. Yeah. Well, I think what's, I think what's happening is, you know, a number one, my, my first thought is like, well, what the hell am I going to do about it? Right? Like, wait, well, right? And even if I'm I create fresh. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean like in terms of big picture, like it doesn't stop me from wanting to do different things, but I think that's why you still got to be smart. Yeah. Right. You know, I think somebody from the 1900s could have made a similar argument about whatever the hell they had going on. And like, you know, we're not these cars. uh, These horses are the way to go. I don't want these guys creating machines that I have to. I think everything's moving forward. Right. It's moving forward. They're going to be hurdles to overcome. They're going to be challenges. There's going to be wars. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be whatever the hell there's going to be. You got to be able to adapt to it yeah. and live in that space. I, I don't think the right thing to do is to put all your, you know, give out your social security number and take pictures of your credit cards and put on. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. China having the data or Amazon having the data, them all having the data on anything. 
yeah, you know, it's just the technology moving forward. I don't know what we if can you do. enter your credit card information or your social security information, like if you, the keystrokes, there's enough I, IA, art, wait, AI, AI dyslexia, AI. It's like audible for me too sometimes. <laughs> um, there's enough AI out there that will be able to, to recognize that as the writing out amount oh. of digits. And if you enter your credit card to like, you know, buy something online, they're they're following your keystrokes. Oh dude. yeah, well, it's scary shit. Oh, um, and well, they, no, I can really scare the shit out of you. A buddy of mine works in Amazon ad sales. You can call him down here right now. He'll scare the hell out of you about what yeah. happens with Amazon. I mean, yeah. they're they're designed to make it for a better experience for you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Well, I, I think, think that, that that's. I don't. I don't expect you to have the answers. Yeah. I'm not. I, that's not the point. The, it I isn't concerning, right? But the point for me is to be one of the few people out there that are are talking about the dark side because I think that you can't talk about all the good without talking about the bad. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I think I think social media is powerful, but I think. Th- just like 20, 30 years ago, there were five companies, ABC, NBC, and whatever else there was, Fox, that had all the, that had all the information and giving all them. I think we need to be very intentional about fragmenting. Look, at the end of the day, Google, Facebook, TikTok need us oh, yeah. to exist. And if we choose to not use them and use other new technologies that have better ethics, the, the technology is still there. The practices are still there. We just need to not fucking use that shit because they, they like we need to make that conscious decision. And I think that that's the narrative. And maybe this inspires people to go out there and find alternative ways to get in touch with people like, I don't know, like people like Steve who are creating something that's a digital platform. It's not social media, but it's a more ethical way to find food. Yeah. Right? Um, it's not driven by like ad revenue or people's yes. habits. Yeah, right. And I think that we need to be going into the future being much more intentional about who we give our business to. I think that's the message. Oh, I, I think there, there are probably a lot of companies out there thinking of the exact same thing. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it plays and out. I think so I cool, get a Star Wars vision in my mind. Yeah, the cool thing is that the technology is there and things are happening faster. And people are also becoming much more aware of the dark side. And I think, but they don't have any other option. Like, well, what else, but what else am I going to do? <laughs> right? Like, but the options are going to be coming. So keep your eyes open for yeah. those other options. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think is kind of what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I hear you. And I think it's, uh, again, one of those things that people are just going to have to make a personal decision on. I mean, yeah. everybody's listening, everybody's watching. What, what, what What's going to come next is just keep your eyes open. Yeah. The yeah, last thought I have, and I swear to God, like, this is like a, this is like therapeutic for me, is I don't like how everything that's being created is, is based off of an algorithm. So now you have a bunch of people who are just doing what the algorithm tells us to do. And it, for me, that also takes the soul out of stuff. It's just like, can I just be myself or do I have to create something based off of the algorithm? Yeah, I mean, again, I still, I still think the thing that cuts across that is being who you are. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I want, I might, I've been thinking of this post for a while of like, I want to f- sprint from trends. I, I want to run the opposite direction from most trends. Yeah. Um, you know, you fall victim to that. The what's, what's going to get me in front of most people because that's what the algorithm likes. But, dude, I, I've seen time and time again where it's, it's not that because once we're all creating TikToks that are the same, or we're all creating podcasts that are the same, or we're all creating whatever the same the more we're going with the sheep you still got to find it's still oh this is where it's going oh i see i see what that is but what if i did it differently but still in that same sort of conversation still same sort of vein and that's that's how basically g and i got started like this is what we're thinking about but now i don't want to do commercial real estate thing all about oh this is you know six thousand square feet the rent's 55 dollars a square foot the traffic is this nobody gives a shit about that I'd rather be the reverse. Let's do something else and then say, hey, what does this guy do? I like him. Oh, he's in real estate? Let me call him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've really enjoyed today's conversation. I feel like you kind of like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering when we're going to get the calzones. Uh, did you order calzones? No, I didn't, but oh. I want to. Right. We can go get some calzones. Um, <laughs> anything we did not talk about today, anything, any big news, um, maybe a call to action to the listeners, something that uh, if we, you know, enjoyed the conversation, maybe we're looking for a re- retail space or a restaurant space, or yeah. we want to work with you. What's the best way to connect? Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I, again, I could do this for another two hours. I, I think the the one thing I want to get clear, I always try to get clear to people is like, you know, people they have this adversarial look. Restaurants like, no, I'll go find a space, I'll go do whatever. Find a tenant rep broker that can work with you, right? So, yeah, you could call me and I can help you through my network of people across the country. Find the best broker in your market to, to do that for you. Uh, if you don't want to do that, I'm, my my big picture, my big why is I want to help increase the success rate of restaurants in this country. Anyway, I can if it happens to be helping you find better real estate, understand your business better, operational strategies, social media strategies. Uh, great. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I just want to get the message out there that you should be open-minded about everything in your business right now, particularly your real estate, particularly your operations. And yeah, if you want to talk about it, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, the podcast is great. Um, National Restaurant Podcast, Commercial Real Estate School Podcast. Um, but it's it's just really... Restaurant influencers. Restaurant influencers, yeah. So that restaurant influencers is, is one with myself, Sean Walchef, and Jensen Cummings, where we're kind of just you know, sort of coming together and, you know, this is actually, yeah, I'd like to talk about this is the, the trade shows, right? That all these restaurants that go to, I think they're dying. Dude, I've been saying that for like the longest time. It's so gr- Dude, great to hear somebody dying. else dying. And it's, it's crazy. The dynamic, you know, Sean's been preaching this dynamic to me and I just don't live in that world. So, because I'm like, I'm going to spend thousand dollars per show. There's 12 shows a year, $12,000 plus travel. Like, well, for what? I haven't gone to a trade show almost unless somebody asked me to be there to like the to, to record and it was a friend of mine. Um, I haven't gone to a trade show and it, even when I'm at that trade show, I'm not walking the floor. Right. I'm not going to breakout events. I'm sitting down talking to a, like I'm talking to like four people in a day. Yeah, because I can not set up and break down. I can just get like a bunch of interviews done. But like, f- finish your thought. Yeah, if you're a restaurant owner or you're a restaurant executive, the best use of your time. So if you're an executive, you're being paid a nice salary to help run this business. If you're a restaurant owner, your connection to the business is undoubtedly, whether you're in the kitchen or on the floor, or if you're in an office running you know, the 10 regional restaurants that you own, is running that business. So time away from that business, if you have this growth mindset, is taking away from the growth of that business. Forget about the capital piece, the time and the capital. Spending that to go to these trade shows is, to me, insane. Yeah, you're not you're not going to learn anything necessarily new that I couldn't teach you if you just listened to this podcast, any other podcast, or if you just attended a webinar, or if you went to something that's just targeted to what you need. I don't need to be there for three days to to listen to the nonsense to walk the trade show floor to find a different ketchup supplier, new paper products where I can get custom printed T-shirts. Again. I know not your favorite thing, but digitally you can do some of these stuff and stay focused on your business. Yeah. Same thing goes for real estate. So Sean and I uh, and Jensen are like, well, look, we're going to approach these guys. And if they would like to have us, they're great. But we want to build a community of restaurant folks who, you know, the conversation is going to be very much like the convert. We wanted to be like, you just walked by us and you heard a couple guys talking about restaurants, very much like the BFF style or the Nelk boys or like Joe Rogan, even just conversational around restaurants. 
bring the attention to, and you're still going to get it. And they're going to eventually realize like, wait, why is everybody going to that bar across the street? What, who are those three guys with microphones? Why aren't they in here looking at the guy who has the cool, you know, Cambro containers and whatever it is, or custom printed XYZs? They want to go where the information, they, they like to be in the city, like they're be around, you know, it, well, it's not the best use of their time and money. I'll also say this, the, the, the people who generally, I don't like restaurant associations, I'll just fucking throw it out there. They don't, they don't have, and I've experienced this, I can't say which restaurant association, but I experienced this firsthand where their priority is their sponsors, not the, the people that pay their dues. The, they basically, here's the example. Do you think Fishbowl is the best email marketing platform out there for restaurants? I don't even never even heard of it. Exactly. But <laughs> when I was working or working with, I won't, I won't say too much, I noticed that I'm like, why, why are we promoting this tool when there's all these other tools out there at the time? Uh, like, what was it? Like, um, MailChimp or Constant yeah, right. Contact or whatever they were back right. at the time. I'm like, I'm like, there's different options. Like, well, they're our sponsors, so we're going to tell, like, they're not... Those other people aren't paying us. I'm like, but our our service, our responsibility is to do the right thing for the people who pay their membership dues. Yeah, isn't that our priority? And here's the thing: they got really desperate for a while, and their prior the priority became about all their money comes from the people who are paying them to get right. in front of their list. Right. And that it, when that swap and that started to happen. Is just like people um, lost trust. Exactly. And like any other business, and I know you and I spoke about this before. Sponsors that are for our shows. I am not going to recommend something that I genuinely do not like the product. I asked to be demoed on the product. I've either had the product, I've used it myself, I've had it in my hands in the restaurant. Um, those are my first people that I speak out to. But authenticity, like do I genuinely like this product? Just like any other business, right? Whether it's us, you and I, uh, or if it's a restaurant association shows or tr other trade shows that are putting out there, hey, we're the place to be, and these are the best brands that you should be in front of. If they're not, people are, you're gonna lose business, just like the restaurant. If, if the quality of the product is not as good as it looks, or as your fake Yelp reviews or Google reviews say, you're gonna lose business. You stop providing value, you lose business, and that's just the way the world works. So I think that's what they need to look at. And it's surprising from a brand perspective, you know what they have to be to be at, what they have to pay to be at those trade shows? It's insane. It's stupid. And when, when you could have somebody say, and this is the, the the gist for the riff show is, we get four million views on our videos a month, combined. That's a statistic that people need to digest a little bit. And as the older, just like in commercial real estate, just like in the restaurant business, as the older people start to realize like hey maybe we just because i know pete from this trade show for the last 30 years doesn't mean i should be going and dropping the 50 grand for our tent every year maybe there's a better way to allocate that money you know spend not as much invest back in the business so it's it's um it's it's an opportunity now to just really again it falls under that thing of reassessing you know um the dynamic and our goal is to just with the show is to just kind of provide as much of that information without having to spend as much time or as much money. So is your strategy going to be to go to where all these trade shows are and set up across the street? It's one of them. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we want to be, you know, for example, if we're going to pop up at New York city food and wine festival with a media tent, um, it's shocking to us that a lot of them don't already have somebody, but it falls back to, 
Some of those creators don't need to be at New York City Food and Wine Fest making 80 grand a year because they can make 800 grand a year doing their own podcast. So it's just a different economy. And I think there are opportunities right now to do things like that. Um, but you know, ultimately, the platform will be digital. You know, we live in New York, Denver, and San Diego, so it's going to be a, a little bit more, <laughs> a little trickier to get together unless we can get to these trade shows. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we want them to want us. But if not, we still think if that's where restaurant people are going to be, then we're going to just, you know, this is not I'm not trying to tout anything, but like we're going to just show you how things are happening. Because I think ultimately they're going to realize like, okay, this is what we need. We need them to help spread our message. You know, yeah. brands need just like, you know, you have sponsors who help them because you have a very niche audience. I mean, I've reached that. out to sponsors sometimes, like recently, because I'm looking for Q1 and Q2 sponsors. And they're like, we got to figure out what trade shows we're going to, and then we'll get back to you with our budget. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I, I can't. Bro, change the money mind. they spend is yeah. insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. How much money? Like, t- like th- tens of thousands of dollars. And they got to pay for all their staff to go. Yeah. And the hotel rooms for their staff. They can be fun. Yeah. But I think most of the, like, I honestly like, it's in the stuff that happens outside the trade show that I like to do. It's the what happens after the trade show that I like to do. Right. You know? The trade it's show is just the, the, the dog and pony show. Yeah. Exactly. It's all the peripheral things around the trade show that I like to do. Right. Um, for sure. Kyle, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, how can how can we connect? Email handles. Um, yeah, so at Kyle and Sarah on every platform, um, National Restaurant Owners Podcast, CRE School, and um, yeah, DM me on Instagram or Kyle at four dash turns dot com. And uh, I almost forgot to have you call somebody out. Um, I'm really trying to make this be what determines who I talk to on the show. Um, who do you respect? And admire in the industry like people that you're like wow they're doing some shit oh man like locally what's that like locally here in new york anywhere in the, anywhere in the country i'm traveling all over the place and if you can't just think of one person give me two or three um man oh man oh man let me think for a minute um i'm it's hard it's hard now like you said before like there's so much information and i consume so much i see so many things that are super cool um, I love what Steve does. You know, this is the conversation we were having last night. Are there groups out there that you really love? But I'll tell you who I love, love, love. This is just came to my mind now. Um, from a restaurant perspective, and I have harassed this man to no end uh, with no with no success. The suspense is killing. Me. Is um, it is uh, Mr. Tempo. I forget his real name. Uh, Jorge something. He's a Mexican restaurant owner. He's got restaurants in Southern California. You want to talk about authentic? My man lays it out. He was a dishwasher. Now he owns multiple Mexican restaurants and focus on the experience. Mr. Tempo Cantina, Tempo Cantina, King, oh, Queen, yeah. Cantina Restaurant. I'm trying to find dude, his name. Man, this is my, this is no my, no me Mr. Contact me, Mr. Tempo. Okay, Mr. Tempo. Mr. Tempo. Did I say we'll Tempo? Go. I gave you the Spanish version. Tempo, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you can tell I didn't work in it enough. Yeah, uh, Jorge, uh, New York Jorge restaurants. Cueva. Yeah, Jorge Cueva. So he is authentic as they come. A lot of his content is in Spanish. A lot of it is, you know, English subtitles. But he'll tell you his thoughts and and his real thoughts. Like it's not scripted. You know, he's drinking margaritas. He's you know in a helicopter. He's he's done well for himself. Um, I'm really into this vibe for restaurant owners. I, you know, obviously he's he's got a lot going on, but. Um, he, look, he's opening up in Arizona and Chicago soon. Maybe I should get Mr. Beast on. Do you think he'd be willing to do it in person, or is that not his style? He's tough <laughs> to pin down that guy, but you never know. I think this is, um, you know, he's he's he would be a good one to get on for sure. 
Yeah. I'm, we're going to order a Mr. Beast burger. I think we should do that. Can Hopefully we can get here within the next Oh, you got to leave. Yeah, you're off. You're off to the off to the races. G and I are left on our own. Off to Philly. All that's right. I think, I think that's it, ma'am. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. Thank um, you. Always a pleasure to reconnect with you. Um, you know, I just can't say enough how much I admire what you're doing, your hustling. You speak the truth. Um, so easy to talk to you, man. You're always welcome back on the Thanks, show. Thanks, dude, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, you and again, you you're the one who hooked me up with with all the insight advice when I even wanted to start the podcast. So I tell everybody that all the time. So thank you for having me on here. Pleasure's mine, dude. You're doing great stuff. Pretty soon, I'm gonna be asking. I already am asking you advice. Like you're taking right over this. I know. The students That's becoming the master. <laughs> Cheers, man. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guests today, Kyle and Sarah, for joining me, making yourself available last minute, and just being a wealth of knowledge. And uh, for also, you know, letting me rant a little bit in listening. And uh, in a world where we talk so much about the importance of social media, I think it's important that we talk about the dark side as well, and to really find or to ask ourselves at least what what's what's the cost and what where where should the balance be. Um, important stuff so thank you kyle and uh if you guys are enjoying this podcast and you want to support it here's one way that you can support the show and honestly it's a way that will really help you out as well join restaurant unstoppable network going into the future we're going to be having somebody available every week to answer your questions live we're calling them ask a pro and ask a peer and essentially these two series are office hours where if i'm opening a restaurant tomorrow these are the people i'm going to to ask for help these are the people that have been on the show it's like it's like the the greatest hits of restaurant unstoppable those individuals are making themselves available regularly in the network for office hours to answer any questions you could possibly have for them. So if you're like me and you like to learn through engaging people, having conversation, asking questions, this is for you. And starting next week, January 9th, we have uh, Ask a Pro with Bob Sloop and Rudy Mick. And this is kind of like generalist. These guys are experts in all things the restaurant industry. They've forgotten most more things than what most people have ever learned in the restaurant industry. Uh, they'll be available from 3 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Uh, Sean Lyons will be available at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern to basically give moral support. This is this is the Ask a Peer series, uh, and it's more personal stuff. You know, uh, if, you, if you have things you're, you're challenged with, then be sure to show up that and get that emotional support you might need. And then on Tuesday, we have Troy Hooper at 4 p.m. who specializes in franchising and Starbucks, making himself available for an hour. Um, so if you're looking for that support, you can get it in the network. Head over to restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com. It's a dollar a day. It's the best dollar a day you'll ever spend. Can't wait to see you there. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.